Welcome to SingerVL's Google Hangout, 11th of April, 2019. Remember to sign up to our YouTube channels so you receive early notifications of all our Hangouts and all our marketing. Remember, this is CPD accredited. So if you want to get a certificate, just email us afterwards. Remember that we are on a podcast later. So when you're sitting on the tube going home later and there's someone opposite you looking really interested in what they're listening to, they're probably listening to a singing VL's Google Hangout of today. And so don't grab their headphones because you're probably listening to it as well. Sign up to receive all our emails so you get all our sales, all our news. And remember to click the on-screen notification button on the singervlsales.com website, bottom left, so you receive a pop-up notification on your screen of everything we're selling. Now, today, we're going to do this is news new for us today because this is the first Google Hangout on a Thursday so that's the first thing and the second thing is we're going to talk about PR today everyone and we have two fantastic guests we have Tally Robinson and Tal Donahue a little bit confusing that but Tally's a lady and Tal is not a lady now I'm gonna show you I can stand up to prove it if you like yes we may ask you now. I, there's, I've actually got. A, I'm just going to share my screen with everybody. Can everybody see that screen right here? This is Infinity Global. In sorry, what is it? Infinite. Sorry, Infinite. that's not Infinite Global. Sorry, I do apologise. This is Infinite Global, which is an award-winning communications firm providing PR. And we're hoping that there are people out there watching today who are going to learn all about PR. And Infinite may better help you. So this is Infinite. This, if I can introduce you, is the senior team. And here you can see is Tally Robinson. As everyone can see, here's Tally. Now, I, I couldn't help but notice, right, that Tally Robinson has got her arms crossed, as has Sophie, as has Kelsey. I thought that was quite, but none of the men have. Have you noticed that? I thought that was quite. So, and then I thought, well, let's have a look up Tal. And guess what? Look, Tal's got his arms Well, actually, so if I can, so then I decided to look up what does that mean? And it says, look at this. This is a, this is a psychometric. It says, crossing the arms across the chest is a classic gesture of defensiveness. And this defensiveness usually manifests as uneasy shyness or insecurity. You're not uneasy, shy or insecure, are you? Not that we know. Of. I think we're we're probably in the wrong industry if we were. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you were because we met uh, in Mippin a few weeks ago. It was very nice to meet you guys. Shall I let you tell us? Let's jump straight into a bit of PR, okay? As you're the experts, do you want to tell us about the business? And remember, yeah. everyone's everyone's listening and watching, so. So no folded arms. No folded arms. I can confirm their arms are not folded, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having us. And um, yeah, as you rightly say, we uh, PR is one of our main services. Um, in terms of what we do, we broadly split it into um, three areas. So PR being one, brand is the other, uh, content is the third. Um, our kind of sweet spot is where all three meet in the middle and we're able to advise clients um, on the full range. Um, and we have been around in the UK for about 25 years. Uh, we merged um, about four years ago uh, with a US outfit 
Um, so we have offices now in London, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. Um, there are about 25 of us in the London office. Um, and in terms of the sectors that we cover, um, property and real estate is a big one for us. Um, we also work with a lot of professional services firms um, and our roots have always been in uh, professional services, including legal, accounting and so on, as well as um, uh, corporate um, and wider financial services. Um, and essentially we have, well, two types of clients, um, you know, we like to think very ambitious businesses who come to us who are trying to take their business to the next level and we help support them uh, on a proactive level in getting out their news and their expertise um, and their ideas on their industries um, to promote what they do and to uh, improve their profiles amongst various audiences. Um, and then very often we get clients coming to us for uh, the opposite reason, which is that they are trying to stay out of the media, um, and that's a different way of tackling things, and that might be where they've had um, some bad news, something going wrong, or they are trying to change the industry's perception of what they do or who they are. Um, and on the property side, which is most relevant for uh, this audience, we have worked with uh, over the years with everyone from the likes of the big agents, the JLLs and DTZs of the world, um, right down to residential agents, uh, small developers, uh, commercial developers, um, planning consultants, advisors, architects, uh, and then uh, everyone on the advisory side from uh, law firms uh, and so on. Um, on the development side, it's also worth chatting about what we've been doing. Yeah, so you, you, you mentioned off the bat, Neil, um, that we met down at, down at Mipham this year. And one of the things that we did at Mipham was to launch essentially a, a new service for the, for the development industry, um, which is based on, on placemaking. Um, and there are kind of... What does that mean? This is, this is the big question, you see. What, what on earth does placemaking mean? Um, and we did some research last year, actually, and, and produced a white paper um, which we which we published at MIPIM 2018, um, which asked that explicit question, and no one seems to agree what on earth it is. Um, there are a few definitions, uh, things like creating an environment which people just like to be in, and how do you go, go about doing that from a development perspective? But we think it's more about how do you build a place that has an identity that people feel like they're a part of, uh, creating a bit of community feel, and that's very much what we do with our with our branding work as well. It's just in the, in, the, in the corporate environments, but you can transpose that into the into the real estate and development world as well. Creating spaces and places that people feel like they're a part of, um, and that, that, that's a brand question for us. Oh, sorry, are you talking about physical spaces, or you're talking about spaces yeah. as in as in entities? Physical spaces. So it could okay. it could be it could be a large. Uh, a large, uh, a large development, um, multi-purpose development, incorporating resi, uh, commercial, retail, office space, all this kind of stuff, and then really importantly, the public space between between those two, and how do you bring the identity of the place to life in those areas? But it might also be the office space, you know, in this room that we're in. How do you make sure that the working environment for in in the office is reflective of the brand values that the that the organisation has, um, and that and that's where our brand team comes in comes in a lot with our clients. Um, we normally talk about our property that we're selling, and then we come back to the guests. But can I just ask you two things before we do that? Tell everyone how 
what's been going on at Singabiel. Tally, you have led award-winning campaigns. Yeah, <laughs> give us an example. Um, Just trying to understand. Are you, well, allowed, are you allowed to say? You're not allowed to say. Maybe not allowed I'm trying to think of, to think of, um, of uh, some we can mention. Oh. Um, I'll give you an example of one that doesn't have anything to do with um, with property. That's fine. All the better. Um, even better. <laughs> uh, one of the campaigns that uh, we were involved in many years ago, um, which was quite um, uh, prominent in the news at the time, um, was to do with BA and Virgin uh, having been caught out in a class action lawsuit um, because of uh, passenger surcharges, uh, tax surcharges. Uh, we at the time were working for the law firm who was representing them and it was the very first class action lawsuit in the UK, um, or the first uh, of, of its type, and we were involved in everything from um, putting the entire media strategy together for how we went out uh, to market with this news, um, handling uh, all the media inquiries that came off as a result of it. There's obviously, it's what we call litigation support, but there is the side of um, how we support the law firm themselves as they are going through the litigation, um, as well as there was a whole consumer campaign on the back of this um, around trying to get money back for the consumers, a bit like the um, PPI scandal, who um, were owed money as a result of this. So this was a campaign that went on for a year or so, one of the, the many that we've worked on which have won awards. Um, okay, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Okay, right. We're going to come back to PR in a minute, all right? Because we've, we've probably got, no doubt, we've got thousands of people watching right now as a result of your PR prior to the Hangout. But first of all, Dale is going to fill us in on what's been going on, aren't you, Dale? And how great right. Daniel, feel free to pipe in. All right, here we go, Dale. Over to you. Thank you, Neil. Hi, everyone. Um, so what I've, I just wanted to just briefly bring everyone up to speed with some of the activity we've been up to. We've actually just released a summary of sort of Q1 activity at, uh, at Singer and you'll see there's some interesting stats we've released here. So Q1, we have had over 59,000 page views at singablestales.com, which I think is a demonstration of the quality of, of presentation we provide. Um, in terms of our UK and global reach, over 30% of users who viewed our website were from abroad. And we've had over 480,000 emails delivered um, showing the depth of marketing we, we can provide. Um, and in terms of results, 16 online click to purchase offers to treat submitted and uniquely recorded in blockchain. Um, so what's that? In, in terms of, sort of results, um, the market, as we all know, is, is, is tricky, but a few um, recent transactions, I think, demonstrate how our marketing can, can certainly maximize exit. This is a, a great example of something we've just recently sold, an investment and redevelopment opportunity with vacant possession in, in Brighton Town Centre, which we've just sold for Mapley. Um, we had loads of interest. We ended up calling a online click to purchase best offers uh, with four parties submitting legal offers to treat 
and we sold instantly um, at £600,000, as you can see, compared to an asking price of £500,000. Um, another great result we've just had, or, or Daniel here has had on one of his sales, is um, this Specsavers investment in March in Cambridgeshire, which has got had only two years left unexpired on the lease. Again, we had generated a lot of interest, called an online best offers once again, sold for... £380,000 compared to an asking price of 340 and um, the other one to mention is this Lloyds Bank investment again in Cambridgeshire in Ely which had about a four-year income to Lloyds um, once again we had a lot of competition on this um, we closed by wherever another clicks purchase best offers we quoted six and a half percent 730,000. Amazingly, we sold it for over a million pounds, which is about four and a half percent. So, um, as you can imagine, the client was delighted on that one. Um, so, those are some of the um, the uh, property sales we've we've been up to. Um, in terms of, sort of stuff on the market, new to the market, just to give you a very very quick overview um, of the stuff we've just recently released, we've just brought to the market this Morrison's investment in Ossestry and Shropshire, um, which is showing 9%, four and a quarter million pounds. So um, as you'll appreciate, highly, highly secure income, town centre freehold site. Um, we also have this interesting retail and residential investment in Chislehurst, which I'm sure you'll know is an affluent London borough. Uh, which we're quoting 950 and as you can see from these this aerial big undeveloped site at the rear so um, development opportunity we are also offering this wh smith's investment in the southeast town of bista where we're showing seven percent we have a highly secure income in richmond let to ee with about eight and a half years unexpired prime prime investment where we're quoting four and a half percent in Sutton Coalfield in the Midlands we've got a bank investment led to Bank of Scotland um, again this is a interesting site substantial site and car parking at the rear um, VAT free investment where we're quoting nine hundred and fifty thousand pounds reflecting eight point three percent up in Aberdeen We've got a long um, income industrial investment with 15 years unexpired without breaks to a highly established tenant with some future redevelopment potential where we're quoting 9% um, going to a guaranteed 10% on an RPI increase next year. Uh, in Windsor, we have a shop um, right in the town centre, yards from the castle, 100% prime, led on a new 15-year lease from March last year um, at 6%. Um, and a couple of final ones to mention. We have this long, long lease quick fit investment in London on the North Circular, just under 13 years to quick fit, 1.395 million. Um, up in Scotland, highly secure investment led to Holland and Barrett, high yielding 10%. Um, another one is Scotland, again, secure income led to super drug until March 2025, which is showing just over 7.5%. Um, 
attractive lot size. And in Portsmouth City Centre, this multi-let investment led to the secure covenant of TUI and the Gold Centre have just renewed their lease. Um, that is an asking price of 740, which is over 9%. And I think finally, um, this another quick fit investment up in Glasgow with five years unexpired, 8.5%, £900,000. Um, and just to mention, we've, we've got plenty of new sales coming up to the market. We have got a uh, shoe zone retail investment in the West Country. We will be launching a Wilkinson's investment with just under 10 years of income in the Northwest. We've got a long let industrial coming up for sale in the Northeast, a Pizza Express investment in the Southeast. We'll have a fat face investment in Scotland, some retail and residential um, in Rugby, some retail in Portsmouth, and a shop A3 investment in London um, or let on a new lease. So please keep an eye out for all of these upcoming sales. Great, thank you, Dale. Who said the market's quiet, huh? I'd like to um, add, I'd like to bring in one thing actually. The extraordinary sale that Daniel concluded in Ely shows that what we do provides a different level of result and service compared to other agencies. Had that been sold at auction, it would have tripled up to around 750 to 800. By doing a best offers online, which is a blind, not going under offer, a blind offer to treat, we allow people to put their best foot forward. And sometimes you can have quite a gap between the top offers, which is what happened on Ely. And, that, and yet, they didn't have to go under offer and potentially chip the buyer or change their mind. The offer was accepted and the exchange occurred straight away. And that is why Singivir was able to secure extraordinary results. So if you are selling, do come to us. If you're buying, there's loads of stock, as you can see. And we've got loads more coming up. Right, let's go back and talk all about PR because that's what it's all about today. PR, PR, PR. Daniel, let's bring Daniel. Daniel's got some questions for the experts. Daniel, over to you. Can you hear me? Oh, now we can hear you. Sorry, no, you slow, then. You, yeah, you dropped out then. Okay. Um, no, no, the first question was about grabbing people's attention. Um, nowadays, we're bombarded with ads um, you know, everywhere we look, from banners on emails, uh, pop-ups on websites. Even when I'm driving, um, I'll get a pop-up on Waze with an advert. Um, and it's just caused people to ignore adverts. I, I know I do, when it comes, especially when it comes to pop-ups. And I just wondered if uh, you had any interesting ideas about how to grab people's attention or if you think it's it's getting it if you actually think it is getting harder it's an interesting hmm. one um i mean i i i think you've single-handedly just proven the merits of pr <laughs> <laughs> um advertising and, and marketing are obviously part of the same kind of mix um, in terms of communications as PR, but we, we like to see ourselves as being pretty pretty different to, to those disciplines. And one of the reasons for that and one of the value adds that we think that PR can bring is that 
it's not advertising. As you just said, you, you, you respond to adverts in a certain way, you know that you're being sold to. Whereas if you have, um, if, you, if you take a, a dot PR strategy, the kind of the goal of that is to use the media that you know your audiences are already reading and position yourselves in that media and get the third party validation that being there gives you. Um, so if you're reading the Times on a daily basis, who is it from the property industry, for example, that crops up in the Times all the time? Or who is it that's in the latest Property Week feature on the industrial and logistics market? And very often, they're not the guys that are advertising. Sometimes they are, and sometimes advertising alongside those features can get you in the door to get to get commentary and to get uh, profile in those features. But we think that adopting a kind of more of an editorial approach and getting that third-party validation from the reporters and from the publications cuts cuts through the noise because it's what people want to read and engage with in the first place. And as Tao says, um, you know, Daniel, I think the whole. PR as an industry was born out of the fact that consumers became tired of um, advertising. They knew when they were being sold to. Um, so uh, from a kind of B2B, from a business perspective, um, experts were able to position themselves within journalist articles um, as being thought leaders on particular topics. Um, as opposed to having to take out very expensive and increasingly very ineffective advertising to do so. And you've seen it on the consumer side as well, the rise of Instagram influencers, for example, um, because consumers, um, even from uh, in terms of what they are buying every single day, they are now being informed by um, what they are seeing on social media sites, for example, as opposed to advertising. And obviously this has had a huge effect on the advertising industry. Yeah. Um, and it's meant that marketers are having to think very cleverly about where they're spending their money. Traditionally also, and well, still currently, PR um, has proven to be a more cost-effective and a more efficient way of using marketing budget for, for all of the reasons we've just discussed. There is, there is another uh, element to this. And Tally kind of reflects on that when she mentions influencers, because we previously what you had was you had advertising as a route to talking to your audiences, and then you had PR as a route to talk about your audiences. Now what's happened is that digital has come along and disrupted that. So those two those two poles are now converging and combining and creating new opportunities and creating new new challenges and risks as well. And what we're seeing now is that lots of brands are becoming publishers themselves. Um, and using things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything at their own websites as media titles as and, and adopting kind of an editorial approach to their, their content which they're publishing. That's why we've seen the rise of the blog, for example. Um, it, they're, they're creating content that they know people want to engage with and just dishing it out on, on different channels. That includes PR, but it also really important includes social media. Um, can I ask a question? Of course. We, we do do a bit of PR ourselves here, as I hope you've seen. We do like to 